It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's officially official. Jake Ratzlaff will be officially a member of the BYU football program. It appears to set BYU up for the foreseeable future at the quarterback position. But how good is BYU currently sitting at the most important position in football? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's always fun to uh, sit down and talk all things BYU, but we're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, uh, it is the motto around these parts is your team every day, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. Officially official that Jake Retzlaff will be a member of the BYU football program. A number of you, I think, probably started questioning my reporting at some point, saying, Jake said that this was going to happen, but when is it ultimately going to happen? Well, I didn't expect it to happen on a random Tuesday in January, but Jake Retzlaff officially making it official. Uh, There was a tweet, the Bill Murray tweet, the famous Bill Murray tweet from Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator, late Monday night, and Retzlaff officially announced on Tuesday morning. I'm looking forward to seeing this kid in a BYU uniform. The, The nice part is he has got proven production at two different junior colleges down there in Southern California. So, for those of you who may be unfamiliar with Jake Retzlaff, he was ranked the number one JUCO quarterback by both ESPN and 24-7 Sports. Uh, He is top 50 in ESPN's Junior College 50 for the 2023 recruiting class, number 46 overall in their JUCO rankings. He completed 312 of 493 pass attempts this past season down at Riverside Community College. Uh, Ended up with 4,596 yards with 44 touchdowns against 14 interceptions, an efficiency rating of 165.4, also added 515 yards rushing and six touchdowns on the ground, so he's got some dual threat capability, and that was just one year at Riverside Community College. The year before that, he played at a Golden West, I believe it was, in it. let's see, I'm looking at this right now, at Golden West College, completing 243 of 409 passes, 3,300 yards, a 12-1 record, record, excuse me, an 11-1 record with the Rustlers, had 23 touchdowns, also added nine touchdowns rushing in that. This past season led RCC to a 12-1 record, also to the California Community College Championships, uh, State Championship game. Uh, so very, very impressive numbers for this young man. Now, a number of you are probably wondering, okay, why in the world did he take the junior college route, Jake? Well, he had the unfortunate uh, situation where his senior year of high school, he played at the famed Corona uh, Centennial High School down there in Corona, California, one of the true powerhouses in the prep ranks in California. His senior year was 2020, uh, and 2020 uh, wreaked havoc for many, many football seasons out there. California was more stringent than almost any other state in the union uh, with regards to allowing athletes to play football. They had uh, an abbreviated 2020 season in the spring of 2021, but his senior season was wiped out, and in many ways, that hurt his recruiting ability, and he ultimately decided to go the junior college route and has absolutely shown out 
in both seasons at the junior college level. Now he comes to BYU with three years to play too. He has a redshirt year intact and the thought is that he'll come to BYU uh, maybe playing as many as four games this upcoming season for the BYU football program while biding his time learning the offense and sitting behind Keaton Slovis. Now, if there were an injury, that type of stuff, obviously you probably have Retzlaff in the mix to step up right away. He'll compete with guys like Cade Fennigan, uh, Nick Billups, uh, Soljay Maiava-Peters, also Ryder Burton is already on campus at BYU, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a number of uh, guys on this campus, and we'll talk more about the future of the quarterback position, where they stand, what they lost, where they stand right now, and what the future is going to be here in just a minute. But I wanted to remain focused on Retzlaff for a minute, because you show uh, his film, and any of you can look it up, go to Huddle or wherever you, uh, you can uh, find film, and he shows the ability to throw the ball at every level, uh, whether it's the short, intermediate, or the deep ball. He's got the ability to make all of those throws, and he does it from different arm angles. His ability to manipulate his arm to make sure he, he can slot passes in is actually a very underrated aspect, I feel like, of his game. As I mentioned, you cannot argue uh, with this production. That's uh, 4,500, almost 4,600 yards this past season, 3,300 yards the year before that. That's great, great numbers for a guy coming out of junior college. Obviously, will all of it translate to the Division One level? Well, that's what BYU's betting on, but when you get the number one rated quarterback in the JUCO rankings out there by two different recruiting services, both ESPN and 24-7 Sports, you're doing something pretty good, I would imagine. The other thing about this is BYU has now also added what uh, 24-7 Sports rates as the second highest rated running back uh, transfer in Aiden Robbins in all of the uh, transfer portal. So BYU is doing work in recruiting, folks. Transfer portal, in this case, the junior college ranks, they have brought in a lot of talent, and that should set up BYU for the foreseeable future. The way I envision this happening, and I would imagine that BYU sees it the same way, is that Keaton Slovis has one to play one. He's going to come in and be expected to be the guy for BYU here in the 2023 season this coming fall. Now, beyond that, Jake Retzlaff, in theory, would redshirt this season, would then end up taking the starting job in 24 and 25, the second and third years of BYU's membership in the Big 12, thereby allowing BYU to develop the next crop of talent, whether it's a transfer portal prospect they bring in, a high schooler like Ryder Burton or somebody in the 2024 recruiting class that we'll get to here in just a minute once again. That sets up BYU's uh, succession plan at quarterback in theory already. And that, that's a very positive thing if you're BYU. They had a great run with Zach Wilson, Baylor Romney, and also Jaron Hall. And that set them up for the last five years. And the nice part is you have appeared in one offseason to set yourself up for at least the next three years, the early uh, stanza of your Big 12 membership. You have your quarterback in place. And I am of the opinion that if Keaton Slovis and Jake Retz laugh, and I've got no reason to doubt the evaluation that Aaron Roderick has put into both of these young men. If his evaluation is spot on and he gets what he expects out of both of these guys, BYU is set up to have continued success because we all know that the quarterback position is by far the most important position in football. No matter what level you're playing at, peewee, high school, uh, junior college, high division one, power five football, the NFL, QBs, are the power players in this sport. So to have two guys coming into this program at BYU in both Keaton Slovis and Jake Retzleff, I think this is a fantastic setup for BYU going into the Big 12 era. They have set themselves up to be very, very good, it appears on paper, moving forward here. All right, as I mentioned, I want to talk a little bit about what the future for BYU's quarterback position looks like. We're going to look at what they lost, what they have currently on the roster, once again, just a summation of that, and also a 
look ahead to what the future in terms of recruiting for BYU, particularly at the high school level, will be for the quarterback position. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. First, need to get a word in on our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball. Well, the college bowl season is done, but regardless, basketball, both NBA and college hoop, also any other sport you happen to be interested in, cricket, baseball upcoming here in a couple of months, they've got it all at Bet Online right now. And also, if you love sports podcasts, they've got those available at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys check out our brand new podcast right here on the Locked On College channel. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about the college basketball realm in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. Get it free and available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, that's Locked On College Basketball basketball. All right, uh, I, I got inspired by Jeff Hansen, a good friend of ours over at Cougar Sports Insider, been a guest on this podcast, a guy who does incredible work uh, with 24-7 Sports, Cougar Sports Insider, as I mentioned, give him Hell Brigham the podcast, and also give him Hell Brigham uh, their their newsletter they also send out. Great stuff. I would encourage you to subscribe to all of it and uh, follow uh, Jeff's work. He does an incredible job. He had a really cool article that he put out earlier this week, and what he did is he did a roster inventory for all of B. BYU's major position groups. And I, I started doing what I called my position group debriefings for BYU at the tail end of last year, late December, and also early on uh, this month. And I just didn't feel like they had the right format that I wanted them to be. So we're going to hit the reset button here. And start off, obviously, with the news of Jake Retzlaff by looking at what BYU is losing at quarterback, where they stand right now on the roster, and also just a little bit of a peek ahead for what the future might hold in terms of recruiting and some of the other uh, things for BYU in each of these position groups. So today we're ta- we're starting with the quarterback position, and obviously, uh, as we start with uh, guys that are leaving, you lose an NFL prospect in Jaron Hall, and that obviously is an interesting uh, dynamic there because Jaron was all everything for BYU the past two years. When he was healthy, let's be very clear about that. His health status really impacted BYU's ability to win football games. But when he was on the field, he was far and away BYU's best quarterback. And he's on his way to the NFL. Uh, I've heard uh, projections as high as the fifth round for him. But obviously, his workouts at the Senior Bowl, uh, all these showcase events, pro day, uh, workouts with individual teams, that is going to be very key for this young man. He's already in California training diligently down there in Southern California. I believe he's training a 3D QB with uh, uh, John Beck, obviously, down there, uh, getting himself ready for the draft process. And I've got no reason to doubt that Jaron Hall will be a factor for whatever NFL team brings him in because he's just a great locker room dude. That's the other thing about this. He brings leadership, and that's a very positive sign if you're the BYU football program to have this guy playing uh, for your for your franchise in the NFL. So I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, get his opportunity to show what he can do. You also lost Jacob Conover. He is headed to Arizona State. 
State and will be competing for the starting job down there with Drew Pine, the transfer uh, from Notre Dame who did beat BYU head-to-head this past season down there in Las Vegas. But uh, you lose those two guys, and obviously that left a vacuum at the top of BYU's depth chart because that was your number one and number two guy most of the season this year. Well, what does BYU currently have on the roster? Well, that sets up actually pretty nicely right now because, as mentioned, we already uh, are expecting that you're going to have Keaton Slovis as QB1. You also have three quarterbacks returning to the roster as it stands, Cade Fennigan, Soljay Maiava-Peters, and Nick Billups. Now, let me insert this. I have heard some rumors out there. It's not guaranteed, and it just could be a thing that they look at in spring ball, etc. To give them a look, uh, keep an eye on Soljay and a potential position move uh, in terms of maybe playing a running back or a slot receiver type position because his ability as an athlete is undeniable. We all saw that in that game against New Mexico. Now, if that's the final game or first and final game he ever plays, a quarterback for BYU, he can always say he led BYU to a bowl win. That, that's an impressive thing to have in his resume. Nick Phillips could be a similar circumstance. I don't think he necessarily wants to stick as BYU scout team quarterback his entire career in Provo, but maybe if he's okay with that, he sticks there. But keep an eye especially on Soljay in a potential position move, at least during spring ball, to see if that might take for him. Uh, obviously, they added Ryder Burton via the high school uh, ranks, a guy coming in from Springville High School, played in the proest of pro offenses that really, I think, limited his skill uh, development. A guy like John Beck gave him the seal of approval that BYU is betting on. He's got a really big arm. I can give Ryder Burton that. He's got the ability to make every throw. Will he adapt well enough to BYU scheme? We're going to find out. And then obviously the news just coming in that Jake Retzlaff will be joining the BYU football program you've got a pretty stacked uh, QB room with one other addition and some of you pointed this out when I've talked about quarterbacks in the past and that's former uh, Corner Canyon star Cole Hagen. Now Cole Hagen was a three-star prospect uh, before serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, He had never received an offer from BYU in high school despite having some very gaudy stats and an incredible run at CCHS, Corner Canyon High School, but he actually took a preferred walk-on option to come to BYU. He gray-shirted this past season and is enrolled at BYU uh, to be part of this QB room. Is he a guy that could be a factor at quarterback? We're about to find out. We'll find out during spring ball potentially if, if we get a chance to watch him a little bit to get an idea of where he stands as a quarterback. But similar to Soljay Maiava-Peters, Cole Hagen, in my opinion, is more of an athlete playing quarterback, or at least he was, versus being a quarterback who is athletic. And there's a, dis- there's a distinction there. That's what a guy like Soljay is. He's more of an athlete that was playing quarterback and I think that's what Cole Hagen is. So you've got a very stocked QB room. You've got three returning guys, two uh, transfers, one a grad transfer, one a junior college transfer, a high school signing, and also a guy coming in off of a gray shirt. That is seven quarterbacks for BYU to work with during spring ball. Like I mentioned, just with that many quarterbacks, a guy like Soljay and his athletic ability could see a position change. And I've heard rumors of that, so keep an eye on that potentially developing. But it doesn't mean it's 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 necessarily permanent for BYU. So that's the current look where BYU stands with quarterbacks. Now, a little bit of a look ahead uh, for BYU. In the 2024 recruiting class, because in theory, as I mentioned, you got Keaton Slovis for 2023, Jake Retzlaff, or one of the other quarterbacks currently on the roster, uh, takes over the job in 24 and 25. And then you're looking at, okay, in 2026, what is the next guy? Who's the next guy to step up? Well, that's either Ryder Burton, in my opinion, or one of four guys in the 2024 recruiting class, at least that I understand that BYU has offered so far. Obviously, the local prospect, as we already mentioned, uh, 
out of Corner Canyon High School, Isaac Wilson, a four-star prospect, the youngest brother of the famed Wilson family, his older brother Zach, obviously the number two pick in the NFL draft. Isaac would be a home run for BYU to land him and in theory could uh, bide his time and then take over in 2025 and be the guy for B- excuse me, 2026. He could, be, uh, could compete right away for BYU in 2024 for that starting job as a true freshman, but in theory, he could be part of that mix. They've also offered, and I'm going to probably butcher this name. I hope I get it right. And any of you out there who are better with Polynesian names, let me know in the comment section if I if I nail this one or if I just absolutely slaughter it. Uh, Maya Leo Leoaki Smith. Maya Leo Leo Leoaki. Oh, geez, Smith. He's out of J. Sarah High School down there in San Mateo, California. He's a three-star prospect in the 2024 recruiting class. Recently received an offer from BYU. He's one to keep an eye on. They also recently offered Luke Moga out of a sunny. Uh, Sunny Slope High School in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, he's got to keep an eye on. And also, T.C. Manamalayuna. He does not report a BYU offer, but I thought he had been offered by the Cougars. He is out of uh, Salem, Oregon. Obviously, he was the quarterback uh, that when the uh, pretty insensitive comments were being chanted by the crowd up there at the Oregon game this past season. He left the game at halftime because his dad said, we ain't dealing with this. So it, got, it caused some headlines and a stir amongst Oregon and obviously BYU fans. But he's got to keep an eye on them. So there's four guys in that 2024 recruiting classes. BYU sent all four of them, no chance, but they could find their next QB in potentially in 2024, 2025, 2026 in that class. And also even looking at it a little bit further, BYU recently offered Timview uh, freshman Helaman Kasuga. He was B, uh, was Timview's starting quarterback this past season as a freshman in high school. Six foot, 185 pounds. He's in the class of 2026. So uh, Helaman, as I understand it, is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a guy that in theory serves a mission as a member of the 2026 class. He's back at BYU you in 2028 and essentially you could have the decade for BYU quarterback set up in theoretical order. Obviously the transfer portal is going to play a role in all of this but the way BYU has kind of set themselves up a quarterback right now is intriguing at the very least. It means to me that uh, Aaron Roderick has done a very good job at being thorough with his evaluations of the quarterbacks he has on his roster, looking at the transfer portal to bring in options there, using the junior college ranks, the high school ranks. The one thing you cannot take away from Aaron Roderick is he knows good quarterback play. He has developed back-to-back NFL prospects in both uh, Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, and the thought is that he can get Keaton Slovis back to that level where he's an NFL prospect, make it three for three, and then just continue the assembly line. Could the good old days of BYU and being QBU be back in Provo? Well, they're off to a great start right now. Only time will tell if they can continue to keep this momentum up, but all all signs point to that assembly line continuing to roll on in Provo for BYU at the quarterback position. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's show with some final thoughts on some other things going on in BYU sports. Also, need to talk about a game eight in our 155-game look back of all of BYU's independent era. The first FCS game of the independent era, BYU absolutely steamrolled Idaho State. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. We talk about UCCU all the time, my friends. I can tell you this much of what I know about UCCU. I've been banking with them since I was six years old. I opened my first account when I was six years old with UCCU. I am now in my mid-30s. That is three decades of me having an account with UCCU and doing all my banking. My first home loan came through this company. My first credit card, debit card, checking account. All of my first with regards to my financial institution needs came through UCCU. And right now, they are trying to help all of us uh, navigate this period of high interest rates and inflation. They're both on the rise. 
Well, guess what? They are offering a special 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00% right now. And the best part is during that 15-month period, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Obviously, these savings certificates are uh, an interesting way to go about getting more return on your money. That APY, the 4.00% APY return is far higher than any checking account, savings account, money market account. You might have your money sitting in right now. So get started and get extra money added to your financial future by getting a savings certificate from our friends at UCCU. The best part is if the 15 months and the 4.00% APY isn't what you're looking for, they've also got a variety of different term options to match your specific needs. So reach out anytime. You can go into any one of the branches in person, give them a call, or go online to uccu.com to get started on this. They make it really simple in any format of how you'd like to go about this. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to join us here on the show. If you are interested in advertising with the podcast, we'd love nothing more than for you guys to be a part of it. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address if you are interested in working with us, representing your brand, your company, or a product you might be uh, having on the market. We'd love nothing more than to help you guys out in that regard. All right. Before we close out today's show, first off, need to say congratulations to Amy Boswell Usovich. Uh, she is one of, a member of the BYU Women's Volleyball Program from 2012 to 2016. So right during the middle of BYU's run in the West Coast Conference, she has been named to the 2023 WCC Hall of Honor class. They'll be honored on Saturday, March 4th during the WCC tournament down there at the Orleans Hotel in Las Vegas. It's fantastic to see her receive this award. She's one of the better, or not the better, I should say, one of the greatest players in BYU Women's Volleyball history. And obviously, during their WCC run, it's fantastic to see her receive that honor. So congratulations to her. She'll be honored once again Saturday, March 4th, down there at the Orleans in Las Vegas. Also, congratulations to Lauren Gusson. She won West Coast Conference Player of the Week honors for her 21.24 rebound performance for BYU in that win this past week. I felt the note this earlier in the week, but in that win uh, for Gustin, she actually out-rebounded San Diego by herself. She had 24 rebounds. San Diego, the Toreros as a team, had 23 rebounds. Phenomenal stuff from Lauren Gustin. Congratulations to her on that W. WCC Player of the Week honor. It's very cool stuff to see her get that opportunity to show out, and she's doing very, very well for a women's basketball program that is trending up right now, my friends. It's really fun to see them doing their thing and coming together uh, at midseason here. All right, final thing on the basketball front is that BYU and Gonzaga tomorrow night. We'll preview that game more in its entirety on tomorrow's podcast. A little bit of a tease ahead. Get you ready for Gonzaga and BYU. The game is already sold out. It should be a packed house. Uh, what is it now? 17,000 and change? 18,000 and change? Regardless, this. The Marriott Center is going to be rocking and rolling, and it should be a really, really fun environment. I would encourage you, if you can find tickets on the secondary market, 
get out there because these are the best games of the Marriott Center. And Mark Pope has indicated, he said during media availability yesterday, that he hopes moving forward, and Mark Few has made the same comment, Gonzaga's head coach, that BYU and uh, Gonzaga would like to continue to play home and home even when BYU gets into the Big 12. Now that obviously could be aided by the fact that there's been rumors out there that Gonzaga may jump into the Big 12 conference as a basketball-only member, but regardless, I would encourage BYU make Gonzaga kind of your your crown jewel non-conference game. We all know that the Big 12 is going to be an absolute bear trap of a conference for BYU to compete in. You want to probably put together a little more of a, I guess, a cupcake schedule in a way, play in-state teams and some lower-level uh, programs, but you want to have one marquee game. I guess they already have San Diego State in there, so make it two marquee games. Alternate each year home and away Gonzaga and San Diego State. Play one game at home against either the Zags or the Aztecs and the other away. I think it would be a phenomenal non-conference kind of setup. You have those home and away every single year. That would be a great way to have BYU have some standout games in the non-conference, obviously to get themselves uh, ready for Big 12 play moving forward, but something that Mark Pope said that he is interested in as the Cougars move forward here. All right, final thing before we go on today's show is a look back once again. This is Game 8. We're going back through all 155 games of BYU's independent era, and it's crazy to think we've already reached uh, the two-thirds of the waypoint in BYU's 2011 season, but BYU hosted their first FCS game of their independent era as Idaho State came down from Pocatello to face off against the Cougars, and BYU made quick work of the Bengals in this one, winning it ultimately 56-3. It was not even a contest in many ways. Riley Nelson passed for 215 yards and three touchdowns while also rushing for 62 yards and another TD uh, before Jake Heaps came into this game. BYU absolutely dominated in this one. Uh, he had uh, two touchdowns to Cody Hoffman. He ended up, uh, speaking of Hoffman, with five catches for 71 yards. BYU did get to bowl eligibility with this victory. Uh, BYU uh, made it, I think it was, I'm trying to look at, check the score here. Yeah, it was 35-3 to at halftime. They had 14 points in the third quarter and then just uh, kind of eased their way to the finish in a 56-3 win. Uh, it was a really, really good uh, tune-up game for a massive clash the following Friday. BYU played their first, uh, what do we call it, uh, um, not non-conference, uh, uh, Man, I that the word uh, now is eluding me, but uh, it was their first neutral. There we go, neutral site game as BYU take on TCU uh, down in uh, Dallas at AT and T Stadium the following Friday. This was a great way to tune up for that, and BYU absolutely dominated Idaho State. Uh, these FCS games for BYU, they rarely struggled in them, and as as you should, uh, you should just roll in these type of games. But uh, I'm of the opinion that you look at back at some of these games, and you're like. They're big opportunities for guys. Like Ross Oppo and Cody Hoffman both had five receptions for 71 yards each. They combined for 142 of BYU's 282 rushing yards. A week after absolutely roughing up Oregon State to the tune of 280-some-odd rushing yards, well, BYU does it again in this game against Idaho State, rushing for 290 yards. They had four rushing touchdowns. Michael Elisa, Riley Nelson, Josh Quezada, J.J. Luigi. Some of these names uh, kind of echoes of the past in a way. Yeah, they all rumbled in games like this. So... I, I I don't like, and I, I've said this before, FCS games for, to me are kind of a waste in terms of competitive balance, that type of stuff. I know the FCS programs rely on them uh, for their uh, financial uh, sake in regards to their athletic departments, but uh, it's... It is also an opportunity for BYU to get some younger players' time. And in that game, you can go down that thing. I mentioned the four top running backs with touchdowns. We also had guys running in this game like Ryan Folsom, <laughs> Dallin Cutler getting receptions, Travis Uwall. Like, you just look at the list of guys who got opportunities in these games and 
It's an easy win. BYU gets to bowl eligibility, and they already knew uh, eight games in to their first season as an independent that they were going bowling. They were going to have an opportunity to play in a bowl game, and we'll talk about the game against TCU once again, their first neutral site game the following Friday down there at AT&T Stadium. Crazy thing happened, uh, but we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. But I'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for all of your support as always. You guys mean the world to me uh, both on YouTube, out there wherever you get your podcasts in the regular podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You guys out there in Cougar Nation, you guys are the best. Thousands of you tuning into this show every single day. I have dreams of at one point, maybe this uh, listenership will get to the point where it could fill Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're still a ways off from that, but hey, the fact that we're, I'm, I'm I'm got listenership every single day numbered in the thousands. It just, it means the world to me. So thank you for your support as always. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Now I want to encourage you guys to make your second listen of the day. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast, Josh Neighbors gets you up to speed on everything going on in the news when it comes to the Big 12 conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast. Also catch it on YouTube. So until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.